So the apart from last week, the couple of weeks before that, I been speaking on a couple of subjects that are related. Um, and tonight will be a continuation of that. And it's pretty much the, the overarching thing has to do with the great search for happiness. And, you know, one of the things that we've mentioned and recently and in the past is the great unhappiness um, epidemic that is clearly manifest, at least in the Western world, uh, quite shocking sort of statistics. And the, the talks that I, I did previously, the first one was, the focus was seeking permanence in that which is impermanent. And this is a massive problem. This is kind of, you set yourself up for failure here by, you know, you want the fairy tale and they lived happily ever after. No, they didn't. And there is no happily ever after or even ever after, not in the sense of this particular lifetime in this body and, and the nature of the material world. And then the, the um, other thing dealt with how we are being actively encouraged to cultivate and to have unrealistic expectations. And uh, it's, you know, primarily driven by money, where people that want your money seek to promise you that which is actually unattainable and unrealistic, not at least through their products and services. And so this is, is really massively problematic. And then everybody gets so incredibly depressed about life and what they're confronted with. And so it's like, people's unhappiness then becomes categorized as a mental health issue. And it's just like, well, let me state, yes, there are genuine and real mental health issues. There are genuine and real things that, you know, need to be addressed and, and dealt with. But a lot of what's going on is just broad categorization of unhappiness and disappointment as being to do as being a mental health issue when when it's clearly not a, a big 
part of the problem is people are, are giving up on what used to be common. It's called consequential thinking. It's like, okay, if I choose this pathway, I don't just look at the first thing that's handed to me or that I get to get. It's kind of like, and then where does that go? And where does that go? And where does that lead to? And I look down the road and see what's the destination. And it's kind of like, well, this may look so shiny and attractive. And I'm going like, yeah, give me some of that. And the promise along with it, just do this and your life's going to be amazing. You know, and it's just like all this exaggeration. And it's like people are losing sight of the idea of a deeper purpose of life and definitely of, of the reality that we are eternal spiritual beings and all of these, or at least many of the problems that are manifesting are fundamentally spiritual problems. They're not actually material problems. So on that theme, I read an article just a couple of days ago in the Wall Street Journal, and um, (laughs) the title of the article was Need Help for Stress and Anxiety? Maybe you shouldn't talk to a therapist. (laughs) Then a subtitle, a a psychiatrist explains why therapy isn't always the answer. And it's just like, oh, my revelation. So the article was written by a practicing clinical psychologist who is actually an instructor of clinical psychology at Cornell University in New York. So a a highly qualified individual who's been practicing for 40 years. This is not some new age or new idea that's been introduced. And she stated, the demand for mental health services is skyrocketing and the wait lists for therapists are long. Employers, schools, and even the Biden administration are taking various steps to increase access to mental health services. But what if I told you that talking to a professional about one's psychological woes might not be the answer to every problem. Or that there might be times when therapy actually does more harm than good. Just like, whoa, dose of reality. And of course, a lot of people are going to say, oh, well, that's that person's opinion. But, (laughs) you know, we have to look at the evidence of what's really going on. To be clear, I am a fan of therapy and as a practicing psychiatrist for almost 20 years, sorry, 
I have witnessed many patients improve in treatment. However, the therapy is the answer model is problematic for several reasons. Underlying the blanket recommendations for therapy is the belief that stress of any kind is harmful. This line of thinking fails to recognize the growth that often accompanies challenging experiences. So, um, you know, she, she says it's, it's really bad that just because somebody's going through a rough patch in their life that one should presume that fragility is the underlying problem and that the tendency to pathologize normal experiences of human life. Sadness, worry, discomfort, and anxiety are part of life and not necessarily a sign of dysfunction. So... Um, you know, she's really, I'll, I'll post a link to the article in when I post the talk online. It's definitely worth looking at and helping to reinforce these deeper understandings of, of things. But you can clearly see that in relation to the previous things that I talk about, hardly anybody, anybody talks about this. You know that we're seeking something unrealistic quite often in our life. And it's manifest in, in so many different ways. So I came across this thing somebody sent me from America, an article, and, and it was absolutely mind-boggling to me. It's a new TikTok filter. And it's kind of like, yeah, well, what's the big deal about that? It's just like something that you play with. And the answer is no, it's not. You know, people need to really embrace and understand that these different, you know, we're, we're receiving promises all the time, promises of fulfillment and perfection and, and happiness. And where these promises are associated quite often with different experiences, products, services. And what we're no, what we seem to have lost is the ability to recognize that many of these promises are false promises. They're false promises. And we're failing to recognize how deeply, how much energy is being put into manipulating us. You know, it's like I mentioned when you look at the phone. You know, what you're not seeing. You just look at the phone and it's just like, what? Well, it's just a phone. And in this case, it's just a filter. And what you're not seeing is the massive 
array of mega computing power on the other side of the screen that's aimed at you, of aimed at trying to take control of your habits, your life, your values, what you're thinking. So this new filter, it's called Bold Glamour. <laughs> bold Glamour. And what makes Bold Glamour stand out from an article? It isn't the beauty look that it projects on users' faces, because that's there, but just how well it projects it. So like, you know, some of these filters that people use on social media, wanting to put out this actually false image, but an attractive image of themselves. As soon as you move or something moves in front of your face, it's like the filter goes <laughs> and then it's back again. Whereas this one is, is so advanced. There was one woman and she's moving her face, like distorting it and pushing it around. And you could not see any, you know, unnatural distortions. Everything was like followed incredibly perfectly. Um, so it, it blends flawlessly into the user's face in a way most of us honestly have never seen before. You know, and they, the hashtag bold glamour has got like 355 million views. So it's kind of like, well, do you think this is probably touching a lot of people and influencing a lot of people? And what I noticed was the biggest outcry about this bold glamour filter actually comes from people who are really worried about how it will affect the self-esteem and self-image, both of those who use it and those who just see it in their feeds. So, I mean, they had these really glamorous women, like really beautiful, and they just go like, oh my God, this is scary. What this thing, this is scary. We've already seen the massive epidemic of eating disorders caused by Instagram with young women and how Instagram was feeding young women who showed some concern about body image, um, things on eating disorders, and actually promoting, promoting the adoption of eating disorders in order to make your body image better. But nothing's happened about that. It caused so much harm and so much damage. Now this one is just taking things to a little one woman's a really beautiful influencer. She goes, this is a little too far. You know, um, another woman who was a big influencer after seeing it said she's never going to use any filter ever again because she found it so scary, because it such, has such a profound influence on people's consciousness and their thinking. Um, another woman, and, and I, I'll, when I post this, I'll post her, 
picture side by side with the, with the filter and without. And she says that I've done a lot to unlearn that I owe prettiness to anyone. I don't think my brain knows how to deal with looking like this one moment and then, and then she turns it off, this, the next. And the dis- difference is startling. It's like absolutely mind-blowing. And again, it plays into the reinforcement of the idea that the body is who I am. The body is the self. And that I will find love, I will find acceptance, I will be worthy, I will be happy, all based upon how my body is looking. This is such a destructive idea and it and it's so untrue and yet with all of these really powerful um tools it's just like we're going down this path where spirituality genuine spirituality is being just scrubbed out and the idea of materialism the idea that the body, the material energy, is the self is, is becoming so deeply ingrained. So there was a big research done by Dove. We know Dove here, the soap that promises the most beautiful skin. Research shows that young girls are especially vulnerable to the negative effect of filters and photo retouching. A Dove study found that 85% of girls that had used retouching apps by the time they were 13. And the negative impact on their mental health can be significant. Further in the study, it said one in two of these young girls that were affected this way say that toxic beauty content on social media causes low self-esteem and that they thought that body modification, plastic surgery and fillers was absolutely needed to make your life better. So, you had a whole bunch of women, including influencers, then speaking out about the extreme harm that these things can have on people. So, I guess um, what, what we're faced with uh, recently. I um, listened to a a talk uh, by my spiritual master, one of my teachers, and he used the term, you know, false prophets, speaking about false prophets of, of materialism. And in reality... Just like, you know, many of people that promote materialism, they have a dim view of, you know, what they consider religious extremism. 
but they don't see that they are often in that same category. They are preaching actively about salvation, meaning we can provide you protection from suffering and pain. Just do this, accept this, buy into this. That is, that is, you know, on its face, offering salvation from unhappiness and, and, and insecurities, pain, suffering, and insecurities. They are like promoting the attainment of some heavenly paradise, offering some unimaginable happiness or bliss if you just do this or experience that. It's like they're promoting a promised land. And they're doing it through um, the idea of followers. You know, this is a toxic idea that my value is going to be measured in how many followers I have. And so you've got all these products and services and things to help you get more followers. They want to, they make these promises through the idea of followers, through consumerism, different varieties of intoxication, porn, beauty, and hyper-stimulation of your sense buds. You know, just like, oh, that's heaven. Oh, that's amazing. You've got all these shows that are just focused on all this experience as if it is going to be the be-all and end-all. So, you know, it's, it's a bummer having to really sometimes mention and talk about some of these realities. But I think it's important that people consider and contemplate and develop some tools to be of support to, you know, actually our own self, to family members and friends and those that we encounter, and for those that are a little bit more bold, seeking to have a more positive contribution towards society. The biggest single problem that exists for people in the world is the adoption of the idea that the body is me. This is who I am. And the greatest opportunity for happiness and freedom will come from the cultivation and the actual experience of the truth that I am an eternal spiritual being. This body is just a temporary thing that I am using. <clears throat> and so we really encourage people to, you know, become consequential thinkers. You know, think stuff through your goals, your hopes, your aspirations in life. I'm not saying abandon everything, but think it through and decide what weight should be given to it, how important that should be or not be. Okay, 
is this all right or is this a bit too serious? I, you know, it, it overwhelms me. The amount of unnecessary pain and suffering that people are experiencing. That's got, it, it's, and it's just like so unnecessary. We are willfully being ignorant. On that happy note, <laughs> of course, the solution is the process of meditation. You know, that through these spiritual sounds, one will actually come to experience actual self-realization and God-realization and the a world of limitless happiness will be open to us. doesn't mean this world will go away. No, the nature of the world is, yeah, there's going to be ups and downs and difficulties and all kinds of stuff. But when you have a clear perspective and you have a wonderful foundation, a great lens through which you view everything, you know, we may become the odd person out, the person described as, you know, marching to the beat of a different drummer a little bit out of sync with everybody else. Boy, hell, that's okay. <laughs> but we need to start the process so it can grow into a movement and actually have a wonderful effect on this world. So I will chant the Maha Mantra.
Hari Krishna. 